Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi everybody and welcome back to the Psyche Podcast. How are you doing this week? I'm good, I'm good. Um, Hopefully you enjoyed both episodes that we had last week. So we were joined by Leah on Monday and I've had some great comments uh, back from you about the relationship content uh, that we went through and that you're going to use it and put it in place in your own relationships, which is fab. It's definitely uh, something, I think particularly at the moment when we have this enforced distance a little bit that we're maybe reflecting on our relationships and the quality of them, wanting to really feel that connection because it's in in some ways missing because 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 2020 um yeah and then Wednesday I I kind of shared about depression and when I recorded that a couple of weeks ago I'd had a week where I'd been quite up and down um but this week I've been uh yeah in, in a in a pretty good place some of those things that I talked about that are difficult to do I have been doing this week so um, my nutrition has been on point this week and I have uh, my sleep has been better Uh, I still haven't been journaling or or meditating but I have been doing some of those things that helped me and I've been continuing with my my fitness and, and being in the gym being active because that really helps obviously all COVID compliant and safe and and all of that so yeah I'm I'm feeling pretty good this week. Uh, So I hope that you are as well. Uh, If you are a subscriber to our monthly newsletter, if not, hey, head over to the website um, and sign up. Uh, I only email once a a month a bit of a roundup of what's going on at Psyche and sharing my kind of thoughts of the month. And for November, really, I'm focusing on my self-care. And I know that's something that we talk about fairly often on the show. And something, uh, as I said in that depression episode, that sometimes I neglect, whether that is laziness, which sometimes it is, or whether it is sometimes just where my my head is at with my mental health. But this month I am going to be thinking about being kind to myself and also challenging myself. And so sometimes some of those things around self-care sometimes I need to schedule them in sometimes I need to kind of push myself to do something that I know is going to make me feel better or is going to be of benefit uh, rather than just (laughs) staying in bed all day which sometimes I want to do sometimes I need to do uh, sometimes I need to push myself not to but anyway however however November pans out that is my my focus is kind of self-care and actually I've sort of rounded out October thinking about that so for yourself, maybe this is an opportunity to kind of check in with how you are doing, how you are feeling in yourself, physically, emotionally, spiritually, your relationships, your work, whatever area of your life. And just asking yourself what you need this month, what you need to have to feel calm and well and okay. Um, regular listeners might know how I feel about okay. I love the idea of being okay because sometimes just wanting to be happy all the time wanting to be positive all the time 
can be a lot of pressure. So just coming back to this calm space of being okay. And that's what I'm working on this month. Uh, So today we are joined by Nika. It's a fab conversation um, that we're going to dive straight into. And I will be back afterwards. I really hope that you enjoy this. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. And I'm really happy to welcome this week's guest, Nika, to the podcast. So welcome. And please, can you tell us a little bit about you? Hi, everybody. I'm Mika Gobig and founder of Go Big Coaching. Uh, what I do is I coach my clients, which is primarily women in tech, but also other professionals, uh, through the process of unlearning what holds them back, which is all the propaganda, if I use that word, I'm originally from Germany, <laughs> uh, family and society and culture. Because my feeling is that most women don't need to be told to learn new stuff. They do that anyway. They need to drop the stuff that really keeps them confined to play small. Yeah. And are there, are there common things that you see quite a lot that are the, the same kind of things that people are carrying around with them? Yeah, I would say the primary issue is that we believe our brains and our brains tell us a lot of negative stuff all day long, right? Because our brains are supposed to, I mean, the lizard brain is supposed to keep us safe and it's the safest if we don't do anything. So uh, learning to, unlearning to always believe your brain, that's often the first step. That's primarily the first step. Uh, the negative self-talk to actually take a step back and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, is that true? Am I not good enough to do this? Uh, can't I have that? And uh, what I see very often with the millennials I work with, especially here in Seattle, we have a high share of immigrants from all over the world, lots of immigrants from Asia. Um, and also first-generation Americans. So I see a lot of imposter syndrome with these uh, young people. And um, what I see with my mostly female clients, a lot is perfectionism. And that always, always holds us back. Mm. Yeah, we can definitely dive in uh, to some of those and you know, get your thoughts on those and how we can overcome them. But how did you get into this, uh, this line of work? How did you get into coaching? It took a while. So my original first business was communication. So copywriting, translating, primarily for the German automotive industry, which I still do. I still have a small agency back in Germany with a couple of people. And uh, at a certain point, I I taught a lot of workshops and and also one-on-ones, prepping their managers for international conferences and and motor shows that type of thing and uh, I had a life coach back then in 2010 or something and I'm surprised I I found one because that's still not a very common concept in Germany and I met with her usually once a month just kind of like self-development self-improvement sometimes more often but eventually I told her get it again that I had basically done everything I could in my old business and I needed a new challenge. And uh, it was actually her suggestion to look into coaching training because she said it seems like a logical next step. And 
that opened that door. And my first step was actually to, to train with an executive coach, very much in, um, focused on corporate coaching, because that, that seemed like uh, the next step for me. And uh, now that I moved to the US and getting older, I just find life so much more interesting than, <laughs> than business. And so that's how, by talking to people, by having my own experiences, my topic range has shifted over to a more personal approach. Hmm. I think they're definitely linked though, aren't they? Because there's so much of that personal stuff that we take in to our work and that business setting. And if you've got so much personal stuff going on that you're struggling with, that it just makes it so much more difficult. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's, that's what I'm also, that's what I, where I position myself, basically, when I talk to people in companies, like when I talk to HR people, I tell them, you know, you need to help your people get their lives in order, or to, you have to help them to feel better about themselves, because that will in the end benefit you too, especially imposter syndrome and those things. I don't have, I don't have numbers, but, uh, I, I bet companies lose a lot of money when people are not able to step fully into their power, I guess. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a win-win for everybody if people work on those things. Yeah. Yeah. So we mentioned imposter syndrome a bit. Could you explain what you mean when you, when you talk about imposter syndrome? Yeah. Imposter syndrome can, can hit uh, almost anybody. But uh, what, it, what it means is that I have an issue owning my accomplishments, that I always think, or not, that I think that people have me in, hold me in higher esteem than I deserve, that I'm actually not as good as people think I am, not as competent. And overall, we have statistics about that. It hits about 70% of all people at one point in their lives or another. So for some people, it's very specific. And for other people, it's more a general state of mind. Um, and for those people, it's really, really hard to establish um, a career that fulfills them because they are constantly panicking about being found out. And it's something as people advance in their careers because they actually do good stuff and they get their promotions or, or whatever, uh, it, gets, it can get worse for them because they don't feel deserving of the good stuff coming their way. Mm. I guess that can really undermine your confidence yeah. in the role, yeah. that feeling that mismatch between what you, you feel you're capable of or able to do and what you're actually doing and being asked to do. And, yeah. Yeah. and I think most of us can relate to it on a certain level because most of us have done something that we thought was like a uh, walkie uh, it's like so so and someone said oh this was great and you're like i don't i don't think so so on that level i think we can all uh, understand what it is but uh, if it really affects you in your professional life that is quite a different challenge and it primarily affects people longer term who are kind of what they could, what you could say the odd one out at work. So I don't want to say minorities, but it's definitely um, the other people don't look like you. So it can be women in a very male dominated environment. Uh, it can be ethnic, certain ethnicities 
not represented in, in the environment. So in a predominantly white environment, if you're non-white uh, BIPOC, then it is most likely going to affect you. It can be that you are the youngest person in a room. It can be first generation to go to college, but it can also be a lawyer's kid who becomes a carpenter, right? So, so it just has to be something that is out of your experience zone. Yeah, and, and you also mentioned one of the other things that you um, do you find a lot with the people that you work with is something they experience is perfectionism. And how much are they linked, would you say, that kind of imposter syndrome because someone is such a perfectionist? Yeah, they are, they are really best buddies. Yeah, they, they really <laughs> go, go hand in hand pretty well because perfectionism is chasing an ideal that is not achievable because perfect doesn't exist. I mean, have you ever thought of yourself, wow, totally done that perfectly? I don't know, very, some people might, but uh, the vast majority of us doesn't think of ourselves as perfect. We always see perfect in others. And that's kind of this comparison culture, that's the illusion, right? Because the moment, let's say, the moment we achieve this thing that we see in the other person, just our benchmark goes up. It, it, it's not that suddenly I clap my, I, 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 I see my accomplishment and say, wow, now I'm perfect too. No, it's just my benchmark goes up. So perfect puts us under a lot of stress. And that, of course, multiplies with the imposter syndrome that goes hand in hand. And that makes it very hard to then accomplish anything. Because at that point, if I think I'm not good enough and I'm trying to do something perfectly instead of well, then I, I very quickly drop into procrastination and then it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, but, but that's the worst case scenario. That's fortunately, the, <laughs> <laughs> fortunately that's, <laughs> there's a lot you can do to stop that. Yeah. Well, that's a great segue into what can we do to, <laughs> to stop this cycle, to sort of uh, overcome our own imposter syndrome or perfectionism or negative self-talk, whatever we've got going on that's holding us back. What can we do? So the first point is really don't believe everything your brain throws at you. That's where we start, right? You need the awareness for what's going on in your mind and saying like, okay, let's take a step back here. That is, that is really, this awareness is the first step. And uh, there are many things you can do, but uh, just briefly, the best approach I know to overcoming perfectionism is focusing on excellence instead. Because excellence is actually something you can reach. Maybe not every day, and it's also reproducible, it's teachable. You can establish a standard of what excellent means for you or at your company or in sports. I mean, that's, that's pretty much when we look at world-class athletes, we know that this is excellent. That's not perfect because look at an athlete who is five years younger and suddenly he will be even faster or uh, even better. Yeah? But it's excellent. That's when you have that focus, you can really shift out of the procrastination because excellent is something we can do. Might be hard work, but can be done. And when it comes to imposter syndrome what i said about it comes up because you feel that you are kind of the odd one out in your majority culture whatever that might be around you so 
a good starting st step is to find other people who may be feeling the same way and be honest and open about it. That's not easy, but especially if you can find when we stay in a professional setting, someone who's one level up, not talking about necessarily your direct superior or something could be an option, but doesn't have to be, but someone, even someone who is like, when I look at the tech industry here, it's a huge difference if someone is uh, in their first job out, fresh out of college or if someone is 25 and has been with a company for two or three years and has gone through these things. That person can already be a mentor to the newbie. So it's just like grabbing lunch once a week with, these, with that person and, and talking about it openly is a good step because the moment we talk about issues is when they get less scary because there will always be someone who says oh my god i know i know i know totally what you're talking about i hear you i think that that can really help can't it having that um then yeah, we've got all this stuff going on and, and we think it's just us or there's something wrong with us or when someone else voices it as well or when we bring it up and talk about it it kind of loses some of its power and we get that sense of oh i'm not alone and i'm not the only one experiencing this and yeah. that can really help i think and i think a misconception i always try to uh get out of people's minds especially i remember i mean i remember when i was out of school and, and starting to work um it's so easy to mistake confidence for a place where you don't have self-doubt. And that's just not true. Confidence just means you have self-doubts and you do it anyway. And I really don't like the idea of like getting rid of self-doubt. I don't think that's happening. I don't think that's, that's not how our brains are wired. Of course, they can get smaller and fewer. But I would consider myself a very confident person. I still have self-doubt every day. Uh, I just, I'm just, I'm just better at saying, oh, yeah, true, but whatever, let's just, let's just see. That's the only difference. Yeah, I guess if you, um, and, I, and I guess for some people, this is maybe um, a mask rather than what they're truly presenting. But I suppose with confidence, if you don't have that self-doubt, you're possibly stepping over from beyond confidence to being really kind of full of yourself and really, which usually, you know, we, we kind of view confidence, I'd say as like a positive attribute and, and it's something that's attractive to us. But if someone is, is so over the top with it, which could be that it's a, it's a defense, but if they really are, think they are amazing in a kind of show offy way, then that we tend to not like so much. Yeah, because, but it scares us, right? Um, mm. But quite honestly, I wish I saw more women being <laughs> loud and bold and um, showing the world the middle finger and in their own way. Because I, 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 think the, I think very few of us really have to worry about that because most of us just play too small. And I think that's, that's such a beautiful thing when I see that in clients or in friends when they suddenly just allow them to, to go big and, and stand for their ideas and uh, yeah, start their, start their podcast or, or blog or uh, get out there with their message. Um, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd rather take a couple of examples who overdo it. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah no that's yeah that's very true yeah i think it is very common um particularly in women um yeah to that that to kind of play small and diminish ourselves because we don't we yeah we don't upset people or we don't want to be seen in a certain way or all kinds of uh, all kinds of stuff going on yeah and i have i have worked with women where uh they were so much in the in the thought of being a caretaker first and of course that is that you see that in their careers too they might be highly accomplished women but if they are very much in the caretaker mindset uh it will still show and what did the trick for them was i i told them they had they have a responsibility to role model for their daughters or nieces or their friends kids they have to role model for for the young girls what a kick-ass women they are and and what's possible these days and for for uh, for especially women who are very stuck in the caretaker mindset that is that can shift their perception and they say okay i'm not doing that for me i'm not selfish and i mean i personally wish uh women were more selfish i'm kind of on a mission to make women more selfish <laughs> like oxygen mask on first be happy because then that helps the world um but uh sometimes this i'm doing it for someone else mm. uh can turn the switch yeah i think with self-care generally it's something we've we've talked about on the show before that sometimes again there's that view of it's it's selfish to look after yourself first or prioritize yourself but actually think about any domain of your of your life if you want to have excellence in that area whether it's parenting or work or with friendships you have to kind of put your own oxygen mask on first you have to fill your own cup up first before you can kind of dish it out to everyone else so actually if you want to be a better right. parent you have to look after yourself first so yeah it's a kind of reframe of focus similar to what you said and that kind of, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, when we look at this, I am the most unpleasant uh, person with others. Uh, I don't have children, but I'm the most unpleasant, even dealing with my dog or just with other adults, uh, when I am when I am stressed, right? When I don't take the time for my self care, but do everything else first, then I get short with people or or impatient and all these these things. And so oxygen mask on first, especially if you're dealing then with, with the minors, uh, it's always your best bet, finding your balance first. Yeah, absolutely. So we've, we've talked a bit about half of what you do, about kind of unlearning uh, all of this stuff. And the other area of what you do is helping people with kind of habits and routines. So I wonder if you wanted to talk a little bit about that. And I guess the question a lot of us will have is, why is it so hard <laughs> to take on a new habit or get rid of a habit? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm very much a habit and routine person, which uh, was horrible when I was young because my entire family is not. Um, and um, nowadays, I, I kind of say, okay, I'm German, so I'm efficient, I'm pragmatic, I can do these things, and and it's more, it's much more welcome these days. <laughs> so my first my first thought about that is usually that people come with very lofty goals of what they should do. And so what I'm trying to do first is uh, getting rid of the should goals and finding what they really want to do. Like when someone tells me, oh, I want to go to the gym three times a week. And, I'm, and I ask, how often do you go right now? And they say, none, zero. I'm like, 
So you think you're going from zero hours of workouts to three or six hours a week. Mm -hmm. That is unlikely. That is super unlikely. Um, just because if you like, if, if that is something you would enjoy doing, you would already be doing it. So that's already not working because you think you should do it and should is not a good motivator. So the first thing with habits is, um, if possible, reframing it into a gift goal. For instance, uh, I don't drink alcohol anymore because uh, I felt like uh, it, it really, I'm kind of allergic to it. it. It really, even one glass of alcohol will just offset me so the next day. And my gift goal is that I'm giving myself the gift of not drinking to build an amazing business because I get up in the morning, I'm always fit. Um, and I'm not even talking about hangovers. I'm just talking about my, my regular energy level after any alcohol. And that's my gift goal. I'm passionate about building this business. So that, that's my gift goal. I can easily not drink if that's what it takes to have my morning energy up. Um, so that's one, the gift goals. Where is the gift? What do you really want for yourself? And that is hard for people, right? Again, selfish, right? It has to be something that excites you, not anybody else. And the second one is I build habit stacks, which yeah, are bigger routines than, for instance, there are a couple of things in our lives that we always do. I, I mean, I don't know, like brushing our teeth. We don't really think about that. So the best way to start a smaller new habit is tying it in with something you do anyway. Like for instance, uh, I meditate every morning, five minutes only, while I put the kettle on. That's pretty much the five minutes. Uh, I set my alarm for five minutes and I just sit down and, and I do that like I brush my teeth. I'm not judging if I'm doing that well or not. Basically what I'm doing is sitting for five minutes with closed eyes. Everybody can do that. Huh? I just see it as, okay, this is a health exercise like brushing my teeth. And I put that together with something I'm doing anyway, every morning, putting the kettle on. And that helps. And so that's, a that's actually a combination of both of these things uh, because I try to meditate for 20 minutes and it's not working for me. So now I'm doing five. And I have a success rate of, of doing that of about 90% because I'll find the five minutes. I want my coffee or tea anyway. And, and that's pragmatic and easy. And uh, it's way better than nothing. For a client of mine who has two toddlers, um, said, ah, oh, I want to meditate, but I can't. And I'm like, yes, you can. Because sometimes you're in the bathroom with a closed door. Nobody times your bathroom time. So you can sit on the, on the edge of your tub and close your eyes for two minutes and just focus on your breath. That is meditation. Yes, that's not like the 20 minutes or the hour or whatever, but you can do that three times a day, just two minutes. When you go to the bathroom anyway, close the door, sit down. So that's, that's uh, a lot how, how I approach these things to make it feasible for people. Yeah. Yeah. I get the sense that, yeah, they're really uh, pragmatic. And I think sometimes what happens with the kind of the goal setting or the habits or whatever is that we have this ideal thing like that. I'm going to go to the gym, how many times a week, whatever. And it, we don't actually really base it in reality of what we actually like or 
how our day goes or whatever and so we have this this big idea but we don't really think about how we're going to get there how are we going to make it like that we kind of visualize ourselves as this like I'm going to stick with the exercise because it's an easy one to imagine like that really fit healthy person and but we don't actually think like well how how do things have to be different to get there like we want to change but we don't really want to change sometimes so I, I love that your advice is very pragmatic to kind of think like what is actually going to work for you yeah because we, we often think in our ideal day and ideal world and ideal week right and actually one of the most memorable sentences my my the first coach i learned from told me was if it doesn't have room in your week it doesn't have room in your life at least not right now that that can be totally different uh, a year out but let's let's say I, I used to go to the gym almost every day i really loved it like it was my lunch break and I enjoyed it. That doesn't mean that that helps. That doesn't help people who don't enjoy going to the gym. When I say, oh, that is easy for me. It doesn't help. And then I got a dog, large dog. So she uh, needs like an hour or two of walks every day, which I like. Um, so, but that, there goes my gym time, right? That's exactly like my 90 minutes that, that I had budgeted basically for the gym. So then what happened? For the first two years, I didn't go to the gym at all. I still walk a lot. That's fine. And, and, um, but what I'm doing now is I'm going to a, a studio, a Pilates studio, once a week. And eventually, let's see if I can step it up to twice a week. So, and, and take it from there. And I have some seven-minute exercise on my phone. Sometimes I do that uh, at home with my yoga mat. That has to do. Done. Don't need to beat myself up for not being a gym rat anymore. It's just, I, I have other stuff and it's priorities. Yeah. And I guess that being fit is, is your goal. You're still, you're making it work for you. So you're still getting out and exercising with the dog. So it's not, maybe not the ideal, but you're still doing something and you've got these other shorter right. things in there and it's, it's working. It fits in, like you said, it may be your step up at some point, but at the moment you're still working towards whatever that that goal is right and it's the, it's the same with i don't know healthy eating when i see people trying to just like turn it around like <laughs> like from 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 100 to zero of temptation food it's probably not working it's too much maybe maybe start with like one healthy meal a day maybe maybe just have oatmeal and food for breakfast every day or something i mean doesn't have to be that but just like starting there and and then moving your way up when that feels good but we we, we give us we don't give ourselves enough grace with these no. things <laughs> yeah like you said that zero to a hundred we're basically like just completely changing our whole life in some ways and then expecting that to be fine and then we'll start it and very quickly be like Ah, what is this because it's so different it's so jarring but yeah uh, yeah because it's yeah it's, it's not my life anymore what's going on and then we're craving you know all that stuff but yeah that having those picking one thing and changing that and then like your other habit stacking kind of stacking them up so once that's that feels normal that feels that's what I do now I have that for breakfast or whatever then yeah yeah thank you so much for that I think that yeah, I love the kind of pragmatism across uh, your advice. 
And then I have some set questions I ask everyone, and I would love to hear your your thoughts on these as well. So, of course, yeah. The first one is what always brings you joy in your life. As I just mentioned it, my dog definitely. What type of dog? Um, she's a lab mix, so <laughs> relatively big, but she's very mellow, and that's good for my energy too. That brings me joy. That I'm I'm a little bit I'm more on the high energy spectrum, and the dog is like so mellow. It's just like wonderful um what also brings me joy is is being out in nature and i would not have said that a couple of years ago so people can change <laughs> yeah the water by being by the water here in seattle that's so nice i love it yeah awesome uh, and so then the next one is what makes life meaningful for you meaningful is really when i see that i can help someone doesn't mean that I don't fill my, don't put my oxygen mask on first, but, uh, but it, it's like, it's so, it's such a good feeling when you see that you, you ask someone a question or you, you put out a thought and you see just like that it snapped for people and it really made a difference to them. And being able to do that on a regular basis, um, makes me very very fortunate i guess awesome uh, so one of the things that we talk about a lot on the podcast is mental wellness mental well-being so i have two questions for you around this and so the first one is what does mental wellness mean to you that changes depending where where i am at which point in my life if you'd asked me like two or three years ago when i was going through a depression my answer would have been different from now where i'm in a very good space uh but today I would say uh, mental wellness is when I can really listen to my body and be honest with the signals I get, respond to the signals I get and, and act accordingly and also take the me dates, take my, my time with myself as seriously as the time I allocate to my clients, my team, my husband, my friends, really stick to my me time and be honest about it. Because some days it's just the best you can do is get out of bed, right? And other days you can, other days you can go ahead and uh, do crazy stuff. Hmm. I guess, I think you've actually answered the second question, but ask anyway, which is about how you look after your own mental well-being. Um, so I, um, my luxury <laughs> kind of luxury in, in, in air quotes is uh, Friday nights. I don't go out anymore. I go to uh, a meditation and yoga studio. It's kind of, uh, they have boxes. So you're in there either by yourself or with one friend you bring. And uh, I sometimes go with a friend, but mostly I go by myself Friday night. I do my 45 minute guided meditation. And then you have half an hour I do journaling or tapping afterwards. And I do that Friday, Friday evening, I come home. I was usually, I'm in bed by 9am those days, but uh, it feels like it recharges my batteries like nothing else. And going out, going out into, like walking in a forest time, beach time. <laughs> beach time sounds, uh, we don't have like the, the weather to, to, to really be in a bikini on a beach, but just like being by the water is what I'm talking yeah. Yeah, awesome. So uh, my next question 
Uh, it's a bit of a challenge usually. Uh, so can you describe your own mindset? That's a tricky one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Good fun. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Like most people, I think we have like 60,000 thoughts a day. <laughs> I feel I am in a place where, uh, I have, uh, I don't have this, this really vast majority of negative thoughts anymore. I think my brain has some, some kind of a positivity bias. So I always kind of believe that things will work themselves out. That's definitely a huge part of my mindset. Um, but I, I still, I still get those. I get a lot of those. If I feel I lose control of my, of the situation, which of course I don't have in the first place. I still tend to get anxious and have all the warning lights go. It's like, you need to control your situation. You need to control the situation. (laughs) And then, uh, fortunately by now I've learned to take a step back and do my breathing exercises. Like you're not controlling anything here, nothing but your thoughts. That's the only thing you're controlling, but I'm, I'm very busy with doing that half the day. Yeah. Does that answer your question? It does, yeah. Well, it is. It's, it's, a, it's a fun one because I think often people have never really thought about it. And really, you can define mindset however you want and you can describe your own how right. you want. So there's not really like a wrong answer to any of the questions, um, true. which is quite, yeah, quite fun. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. And so the next one, um, and I'm really interested to hear what you have for this because we're all about kind of giving people some suggestions of things they can try. So some practical kind of takeaways that maybe help them in their life and because you know what we've had already has been really you know practical advice uh yeah do you have a top one to three tips that you would recommend for people yes so the the number one i've already said that's uh, don't believe your thoughts your brain might be a jerk that just tells you negative things to keep you safe doesn't mean it's true number two whatever you do take five deep breaths first that uh, that uh, works for when you see your mother's phone number coming up before you pick up <laughs> uh, to, to all kinds of situations. Like uh, I breathe the square, like in two, three, four, hold two, three, four, out two, three, four, wait two, three, four. That's how I breathe. Uh, works really well for anxiety situations too. Number three, I'd say try out journaling. It's my favorite tool of all times. And I know people say, like, uh, I don't want a diary. No, you don't want a diary. A journal is something else. A journal is really diving into how you feel and what you think. And that doesn't need to be half an hour or whatever. It doesn't need to be every day. Uh, but uh, if you want to get calmer and more one with yourself, I think journaling is a great tool to at least try out if it's something for you awesome thank you so much for those and then my very last question for you is uh, how people can connect with you if they're interested in working with you if they're interested in the kind of unlearning work that you do where can they find you yeah so my website is gobigcoaching.com yeah my last name is gobig but gobigcoaching is the website uh, and I'm also there, uh, people can find me on Instagram. That's go underscore big underscore coaching. 
feel free to DM me. I spend way too much time on Instagram. I just really love it right now. Uh, what I don't love too much right now is, is Facebook. So uh, if you want to get in touch with me, it's better through the website or Instagram. Um, I have a YouTube channel with Go Big Coaching and I'm also on LinkedIn. Feel free to connect on LinkedIn anytime. Uh, under my real, that's under my real name, under my personal name. <laughs> uh, Mika, M-I-C-H-A, Mika Goldbig. And uh, we can absolutely link in the show notes uh, to all of those, um, yeah. including your Facebook, but just <laughs> for people to be mindful that that's out of favor at the moment. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it, how we... Yeah, it just, it gets the Instagram yeah. content. It gets the Instagram content, so there's something to to follow if that's all that interests you. Uh, Pinterest coming soon. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exciting. Yeah, because I want to spread more, spread more uh, printables in the world and, and downloadable worksheets for people just as practical little exercises. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mika, thank you so much for joining us today and, and for sharing all of your wisdom with us. Absolutely. I really enjoyed speaking with you and lots of takeaways. Uh, that I'm going to, uh, yeah, definitely think about trying in my life. So thank you so much. And also just uh, for, for anybody, I have free 15 minute calls on my, my website. That's just really to check in. If you're, if there's one thing you want to ask, uh, you can always feel free to schedule a 15 minute call. Awesome. Brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining us. So thanks again to Mika for joining us for this conversation. I know that I took a lot from this conversation and I would love to know the key points that you took. So if you've been listening to the episode, please share across uh, your Instagram stories or post. Let us know what your top takeaway was. I I would love to know. Uh, And please do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. The reviews really help um, other people to find us or you could just send it to a friend who you think would benefit from hearing what we talked about or just enjoy it. Um, And the last thing, obviously, we've got our Patreon up and running. uh, So if you are interested in supporting the show in that way, you can. But we have a new thing. If you enjoyed listening to the show, um, you've been having a cup of tea or coffee, if you've been listening, maybe you want to buy us a coffee. Uh, for the show it's something I, I came across something that creatives have where you can buy people a coffee and hey I like coffee I drink a lot of coffee while podcasting so if you would like to send me a coffee not a real coffee obviously because I know a lot of our listeners are in the states uh that's probably not going to be very drinkable by the, time, by the time it gets here but if you'd like to send me a coffee uh then you can there is a link in my bio on instagram or you can go to coffee or Kofi ko-fi.com slash Hannah Psyche and Psyche P-S-Y-K-H-E and you can yeah support us send us a coffee send us a little message tell us what you like about the show uh, send any comments any thoughts for topics or guests anything like that we love to hear from you and to know what you want to hear more of on the show so yeah if you want to send me a coffee do but the podcast obviously is uh is free it's here for you we are not going down the ad route uh, as i've said before so yeah if you want to help fuel the creative process 
that's a way that you can support us uh, if you'd like to but no pressure yeah that's it that's everything so I am joined on Wednesday by Alan uh, so I really hope that you join us again Wednesday have a good couple of days and I'll speak to you soon take care bye <laughs>